Welcome to our weekly, and we mean weekly Wednesday night shear. Dedicated currently to Hashem Achana Rashom, Bas Ibad Lachayim Tevim, Rav Avram Shiyuchia. Pashas Shaftim. As we know, Pashas Shaftim is what the Rebbe announced. Yesh Novi Bisrael. Pashas Shaftim is graced with 30 plus mitzvahs. And oops. the first of the mitzvahs, thirty-eight mitzvahs. Sorry, first of the mitzvahs, of course, is shaftim v'shaftim titan l'chav v'chol shalacha. Should place before yourself shaftim and shaftim. Today, of course, we all know was the second day of Rishchidosh. Rishchidosh Elul. There are many customs of Rishchidosh Elul that are kept up. Amongst which the custom of saying three extra kapitla chadei and this custom is kept up until until the day of Yom Kippur, and on the day of Yom Kippur, we complete the cycle according to the different added kapitlach that I said during the course of the month. Um, so, for example, today, Aleph or Shredish, we say Aleph, Beis, and Gimel. In addition to the regular Tehillim that is said, we say Aleph, Beis, and Gimel. We add again, although we started with Aleph, we say again Aleph, Beis, and Gimel. Um, Mendel Futafas was once asked, and I believe I said this before, if a person says their own capital every day, everyone has their own chapter of Tehillim, which they say, in, ref- in conjunction with their age. Somebody turning 30 would say capital 30. Capital Lamid, being that they are going into their 30th year. Someone saying th- turning 31 would say 30 Lamid Aleph, etc., etc. As one ent- enters into the coming year, they say that capital of the year that they are becoming, the age they were coming. Um, someone asked Reb Mendel what happens if my capital comes out 
in the middle of the shir of that day. In the middle of, um, take an example, on, mem, on Yom Ches L'Chedesh, my capital is Mem Dalit. Do I say Mem Dalit twice? Do I say Mem Dalit only once for myself? And Mendel asked, answered him with a question, a very intelligent rabbi, Mendel Futafas. Um, and as all good rabbis answer questions with questions, he said to him, if you have a wagon with tar, a wagon full of tar, a wagon full of grease, and you're traveling with this, you're transporting the wagon, do you need to put grease on the wheels still? Or is there enough the fact that the load of, on, the, on the wagon is grease? Implying, of course, that although you said the capital, but that was said for the yayim, and therefore your capital is not, doesn't get taxed on. You need to say it on its own. Hence so that's one of the customs. We start Olive, Beis, and Gimel today. Tomorrow, of course, we Dalit, Hey, and Vav. And we started yesterday the Dabar Hashem Eri. The edition said both in the morning and in the afternoon. In Shachris and Minik Chabad, it said after Shesh Yem and before Aleinu. And everybody check your local customs, what they do in their in your local synagogues. Um, Schaefer. The sound of the Schaefer is heard now already in the shuls. The bless are basically practice bless, but every day the same bless are sh- sounded. Again, according to Minich Chabad, we blow Tashat, Tashat, and Tarat, which means Tkia Shvarim Tirua, Tkia Shvarim Tkia, and Tkia Tirua Tkia. Mashein Kain, in many other circles, they would only blow the first set. Tkiyah Shvarim Tru Tkiyah. I don't ever remember seeing actual reasoning for that. The Shafer is blown throughout the month of Elul and we cease to blow it We cease to blow Erev Rosh Hashanah. The reason we don't blow Erev Rosh Hashanah is to confuse the Sultan. He doesn't know what happened, and all of a sudden they're blowing again, and he thinks that Mashiach is coming. So the Sultan is not prepared when it comes to Rosh Hashanah to disturb the Shafer blowing in the Shul. Just getting down past the other customs of Elul, 
pretty much down pat on the customs of El generally. Of course, the month of El is a preparation for, as we spoke last week, for Rosh Hashanah. And therefore, it's of course time to reflect, time to find within ourselves ways to improve ourselves, how to prepare ourselves for Rosh Hashanah, as we are asking from the Almighty to accept our prayers on Rosh Hashanah for the new year. Also, a little tidbit of a discussion, which has been on everybody's plate, I guess, for a week already, and um, it's now starting to peter out, and it's now starting to uh, dissipate, and the remnants of the whole story is gone. On Monday we had experienced a solar eclipse. A solar eclipse. What happened? The moon covered the sun. The moon covered the sun. What was the moon doing covering the sun? And, truthfully, questions come up from this, the fact that, according to the Gemara, there are reasons for the solar eclipse. There are things that would go on that would warn us. There would be a sign. It would be a telltale. Almost warning or reminder, whatever it might be. And the Apocarsim came and asked the question. Chachamim wrote in Gemara hundreds and hundreds of years ago that if the nation would not, for example, if a sage passes away, a great man passes away, and they don't eulogize him properly, this is one of the four reasons that a solar eclipse could happen. So, Mimanavshach, they ask, did they prophesize that the Jews would be doing these wrong things? And therefore, they're going to need. To, they're going to have a solar eclipse. Did they not know that a solar eclipse would take place? When it would take place? Are they not privy to such knowledge? And this is actually a heretic question. And the answer is a very straightforward one: that the Chachamim did know when a solar eclipse is scheduled. They did have, as a matter of fact, the concept of astrology comes from Teda. And therefore, it's nothing novel to the sages. And the astrologists actually came to study astrology by the, by the sages, by Rabbeim. So the fact is, yes, they did know when there would be an, an eclipse, 
And yes, they did monitor and keep how and what and when and where this has to happen. How does it happen to coincide? It doesn't happen to coincide. If there happens to be such a situation, a solar eclipse does occur to remind and to tell, yes. But it doesn't necessarily have to coincide with the fact that that's why this came about only. What did the solar eclipse do? As I said before, the solar eclipse, the moon covers the sun. The nature of the world, as the world was created by God, was the sun illuminates by day, and the moon illuminates at night. However, illumination does come from the sun, whereas the moon itself does not have any light. When God created the world, God created them equally, the sun and the moon. Generally, ideally, and most intellectually, would have been for every creation to shut up. And take what you got. And smile about it. And be happy about it. This is what God gave you. Thank you, Hashem. But no. The moon decided to complain. And the moon came up with a complaint, an interesting complaint, almost righteous. Two kings can't rule. It's either the sun or me. Can't have us equal, equal, pay, equal plane. To which God said, you're right, I'll comply. And the sun became the luminary and the moon a reflection. And this is how nature now takes its course. The fools that wanted to go to the sun, travel to the sun. So one fool says to the other, he says, we can't travel to the sun. This is a second grade joke, by the way. We can't travel to the sun because we're going to get burnt. He says, I know exactly what I'm going to do. He says, what are you going to do? I'm going to travel by night when the sun is turned off. The light of the sun shines by day. Albeit we have clouds sometimes. A cloudy day gets very cloudy even. Rainy day. And you don't necessarily see the burning rays of the sun. You don't experience. You don't need to wear your sunglasses. Some people wear sunglasses regardless. As soon as uh, sunrise, legally sunrise till sunset, they wear their sunglasses even in the house, even in the basement, um, without windows. Because now it's daytime, i got to wear sunglasses. <coughs> but even on such days, barring extremely, extremely s- severe storms, heavy clouds, etc., rains, you usually will see sunlight by day. It happened. A storm, or this or that, that covers this very rare few far between. The sun is shining by day.
The moon, on the other hand, is not usually seen by day. There are times, yes, where this moon is seen, but that does not necessarily mean this. But the moon is not shining, and the simple being that the moon is not shining because the sun is shining. So although the moon is still up in the sky, but it does, it's not shining per se. And therefore, the sun belongs shining by day. And the moon has no business coming around. When the dark moon covers the sun, it's a message. There's a message. The message is for those of you, human beings, that are under the impression that the sun has its powers and the moon has its powers and the stars have their powers and they each illuminate, shine and do what they have to do when they want to do it. Hashem says, listen here, I will show you who's in control. I will show you Who's boss? I will show you how it works. I will show you very clearly that by day I keep the sun, by night I keep the moon. But if I want, I will have the moon block the sun. It's a not natural phenomenon. Unnatural phenomenon, I'm sorry. So much so an unnatural phenomenon that the world was turned over from it. Everybody was watching this phenomenon. Everybody was watching this eclipse. People spent tremendous amounts of money on eyeglasses, on this and on yens, sunglasses, so that they could see this, what ultimately was once, a cent- once in a century happening the king the sun was covered by the moon the king (laughs) the king the Torah tells us in this week's Pasha, same Tosim Alecha Melech. Put upon yourself a king. Thank you. Give yourself a king. No? The Jewish nation gets another one of the 38 mitzvahs in our Pasha to appoint a king. It's a wonderful thing. I think. So let us look in the Jewish history. Moshe Rabbeinu was a leader. And he led the Jewish nation. And 
all was going well. Was Moshe a king? Eh, Moshe was a king. Of sorts. I guess you could say he was a king. The same Moshe, like the David Melech itself, have a kind of same Moshe. Melech? No, this is Moshe. MS, it all say MS. The Chazal tell us, if you keep your score at home, it's the Sanhedrin, the Avchaf Amid Beis. Gimel Mitzvahs. Mitzvah Yisrael B'chinsas Maret. Three mitzvahs the Jews were commanded when they went to Israel. First one, Lahamid Lahemelech. To stand up to arrange a king. Etc. So if this is the first of the three, it must have been a great mitzvah. No. Not only a great mitzvah, it's a mitzvah that is pending when you go into Israel. Yet we see, in the days of Shmuel Anavi, the prophet Shmuel, the Jews turn to Shmuel Anavi and they ask to crown a king. The prophet, the, the, say, the, the Navi says, says in Shmuel, Vayera hadovab Shmuel. Shmuel was mortified. What does this mean? You're asking for a king? Vakarish Borachimali. Amalei. The Almighty says to Shmuel, What happened? They're fed up with me ruling over them? They need a king? That's the episode. A clear episode in the Navi Shmuel. How does this coincide with our Pasha? How does this coincide with the same Tosmelech or Melech? It's a mitzvah in Atena. Why was Abishah so insulted? On the other hand, if it's not such an obligation, to appoint a melech. So why did HaKadosh Baruch tell him? Go ahead. Go find a king. If it wasn't such a commandment, it wasn't such a mitzvah, the Almighty should have just said, okay, they're sinning, they're going off the path, they're doing the wrong thing. Tell them they got to do tshuva or they're going to be a, a plague. 
Some they got to do tshuva, they got to repent, or there's going to be a flood. Why appoint the king? Why agree? Why first say how terrible this idea is, and then say, okay, do it? This is safe mitzvah, the Samach Tzedek wrote. With a mitzvah, mini melech. Pointing a king. In the first period there, the third period, the Samach Tzedek explains. A king is so that there should be royalty. Royalty should be noticeable. Should be order. People should know who they have to answer to. When the Jewish nation is in good stead with God, And they're living the way they should. And they're at a high level. And there's no doubt that havoc is not going to wreak here. The king steps in to raise the Jews yet another level higher. This nation that's doing the right thing now the king puts them on a, on a higher pedestal yet. And since the king, as we knew the king, as Dover Melech Meshmul went to see Dover Melech, he wanted to go choose a king. The criteria of the king was that he was greater than every person, physically. Shoulder, he was head and, above, head, head and shoulders above anyone in the nation. So if this was the criteria of a king, his obligation, his task, was to raise up the Jewish nation, to raise them up to him. Which them on their own, we're not going to say, God forbid, they're complacent. We're not going to say that, God forbid, they were lazy. They were laid back on it. They weren't thriving any longer. They were now at a status quo. Comes a king and brings them, jolts them, so that they can jump higher, they can get higher. For the Jewish nation themselves, the king operates almost like an intermediary between the nation and God. And he reveals, they see the revelations of godliness through their king. And this also has two different levels to it. When the Jews are standing 
in a lacking fashion, the king needs to take and throw the yoke of heaven on their heads quick. Slap them into, into order. When the nation is doing the right thing though, they're being Mikabal El Malkashmaya the way they should, then the king, as we said before, needs to raise them even higher. Raise the bar. HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants, the Almighty wants the Jewish nation to be on a high level. Not to stand complacent. And therefore the king, the figurehead of the king, is there to raise the Jews even higher. That's not what they said though. When they came forth asking for a king, they tell Shmuel Anavi, um, to give us a king, the Hamnech Melech, for what? For what, says the king, says the nation? L'shavteinu k'chol To rule us like every other nation has. Every nation has a king, royalty, royal family. And the royal family rules the nation. Everybody looks up to and respects the king. Want to have the same thing. This was their cry. Why? They were unfortunately at a level where it was almost man swallows another man. But here, this is how the situation actually was. There was not much peace. They were not in the epitome of Yiddish Shemayim. The Navi, the Navi, was there to reprimand, and the Navi was there for advice. But the Navi was not there to slap somebody into, into place. The Navi was not there to inspire on his own. The person came to the Navi and learned, and studied by the foot of the Navi was one thing, but not the Navi went around going that. Therefore, when they asked for a king to rule of us, like rule over us, like all of the nations, Hakadosh Baruch Hu said, "They're fed up with me. They're not following my rules." But still, in all Hakadosh Baruch Hu said, "Appoint the king. Give them a king." Anticipating that the king will raise them up to a level they need to be at. But when there's lacking Yiddishamayim, the basis of Yiddishamayim is lacking, and people are just not God-fearing people, the king can fix that. Therefore, immediately a king needs to be appointed. Because at at 
he's going to raise up the nation. Until it reaches the Melucha in a full in a full form. Oh. What do we have today's day and age? Chazal tell us, Man Malki, Rabbanam. Who is our kings? The Rabbanam. And therefore, everyone needs to complete what it says in the Mishnah, Pekiyavis. First Patek, the sixth Mishnah, Asay Lacharav. Everyone needs to have a Rav. And there are those people that are under the opinion that what is the Rav therefore? When I got major questions, I got major issues that I need to be discussed, I go to the Rav. On my daily things, I don't necessarily have to discuss with the Rav. The daily mundane things, I don't have to bother the Rav with. Tells us the tailor no such thing. A person cannot make a shrit or trit, a step in any given direction without conferring das tailor. This is today's interpretation of Melech. The fellows in business. And uh, his business took him overseas. And in his business, in his line, he met representatives of other companies. It's a business. He's meeting other companies, he's going to meet other people. One such representative was a woman. And she was a... uh, in the same business as him. And they talked, and they did, and they worked. However, when they talked and they worked a lot together, they started getting a little more familiar. Went on uh, dinners, lunches, They were getting very friendly. Needless to say, human beings are human beings. And they started discussing religion. And it turns out our Jewish fellow was not the same religion of this hard, devout devout Catholic woman. Now, hard devout means that there's no way in the world that her parents would allow her to marry a Jew. And vice versa, of course, we know that for him to marry her would be a little bit outlandish as well. The only solution his, her parents said is if he converts. He didn't come from a religious family. Bain is a Jew. A Jew is a Jew. And this is where I draw my line. Out of the question that she should convert. Hmm. So, they realize that religion is going to be a major issue here. 
and they ended their relationship. A year later in New York, at a business meeting, lo and behold, who shows up? Same woman. They never hated each other. There's no reason for to, to, for them to hate each other. So, it got a little awkward. And they got to talking. And they both understood that they were still in the same predicament, the same situation. And it's not going to change. And they're not going to start again and get into this whole thing and then end up in trouble again. Let's not play with emotions. So, they amicably parted ways and understood this is not meant to be. However, just in case, they exchanged phone numbers. No. Exchanged phone numbers, and that was it. A few weeks later, he calls her. And he says, listen to me. For you to convert to Judaism, is very far-fetched. It's off the charts. But one of your problems that you have, really, you don't know what Judaism is. Basically, masters, Michal. I want to introduce you to Judaism. I arranged, if you're in agreement to do so, with a Jewish family in Crown Heights, Brooklyn, the one I was, to have you for the upcoming holiday. They'll host you. And see how to celebrate the camaraderie, friendship, and what holiday did he choose? No more, no less. Simchasteira. Picture this, Rabbi Yisai. Simchasteira in Crown Heights. This is how he's going to impress her to convert. Well, she agreed. She agreed. She came to the family. They were very nice with her. Very acceptant. They didn't have to tell her to turn off a cell phone because there were no cell phones at the time. Um, Garnished. She comes to shul and she sees the Rebbe up on his bimeh. So they raise the bimeh even higher. And she sees a king. She sees royalty. She's wowed. Kitsa, the holiday was very, very uplifting. It was really, really beautiful. It was really inspiring. And she realized, watching the Rebbe, that the only one who has an answer to this dilemma of hers is the Rebbe. 
So she asked, would it be possible for her to talk to the Rebbe? No. The hosts were very, very accommodating across the board, and even at this point as well. And they arranged an actual Yechidus for this girl. A private audience with the Rebbe. Speaking of wows. And she comes into the Rebbe and she tells the Rebbe, I have a dilemma. I am a devout Catholic. And this boy that I am seeing is a Jew. Not a religious Jew, but a Jew. And we really like each other. But he says the only way he'll marry me is if I convert to Judaism. And if I convert to Judaism, my parents would have my head. They're literally, it would destroy them. The devil looks at her, says to her, you have no reason to convert. She looks at the devil and says, what does that mean? The devil says, you're Jewish. the Rebbe, I'm here in your room for two minutes. You've never seen me before in your life. What do you know about me? And how do you throw out such a wild accusation, but a wild wild thought. I'm Jewish, no more, no less. She says, go home, ask your mother. goes back to her hosts and she asks them if they don't mind if she can call her mother she calls the mother and she's expecting a real reaming here, a real screaming out and everything she calls the mother and she asks the mother, Ma, Mom my Jewish and she gets the most phenomenal reaction that she never anticipated yes. her mother hangs up the phone boom she says wow you must miss me a lot anyway she uh, travels home and she corners her mother in the room mom why'd you hang up why would you tell me? The mother says, Your father's here. Tomorrow, when your father's out, we'll go for a walk and we'll talk. Next day, we go for a walk in the park, make sure the trees have no microphones, keep, check, keep checking over her shoulders and her purse. And she tells her the following. Both your dad and I are Jewish. Our parents were Jewish. Our grandparents were Jewish. 
When the war broke out, we were persecuted for being Jews. And we survived. After the war, we married. And we said to each other, there's no way we're subjecting our children to this. And they went and converted to Catholics from another son, and therefore they lived their lives as Catholics. Little did they know, Machshmev Zechrei Hitler found out you had a grand set, an ancestor of any sort of Jews, he threw you into the oven. He had no, no question what you were doing today. And so, they weren't helping sparing their children of anything except for the fact they were depriving them of mitzvahs. It's good. Too hot. Ouch. <laughs> I thought it's hot. So, Travel back to the Rebbe and told the Rebbe what happened. And the Rebbe said, like I said, you don't need conversion. However, since you spend time in the church and Kvayachal supposedly praying there, you should go to Mikveh. Just to wipe that away. <laughs> and today, Farah Hashem, they live in Israel. They're from family. And this is the Niesh Navi Bisrael. As we said before, Moshe wasn't considered a king, he was a Navi. He was the king, but later in the passage, Moshe says, that there will be Navi Mekirbacha, Meachacha Kameini, A prophet from amongst you that will stand up, your brothers will stand up as I am. Yakum Lacha Hashem Lekecha, that Almighty will stand up for you. Elof Tishmun, you should listen to him. Elof Tishmun, come on. Chazal tell us, Elof Tishmun. If you keep me score at home, it's a Gemara Yevomis, Dach Tzadik, Oops, Ahmed Beis. The Gemara says, We call Even if this true Navi, a true Navi, not a false Navi, even if the true Navi says to you to do a sin, for example, a Yoruba Harakarmel, 
Elio Hanavi in Mount Carmel, where he tells the Jews to set up a Mizbeach, an altar, and a carbon, he brought Kabbalahs there, which as we know is out of Yerushalayim, thank you. In this moment, to do something that's different than supposed as usual, you should still listen to him. Chazal bring down this example, which was the bringing of a carbon on a bomber, on a alt on an altar which was not the norm, not the regular altars. Somebody turn off the internet. Yeah. Hmm? What? Someone turned off the internet. So this example is something that was totally out of the question. The fact that once the base of English was built, a bomb was not allowed to be built, the carbonus cannot be brought anywhere else. If a Novi comes and says in Harakaramel to do so, a love Tishmul. Quite an abstract thing for the Navi to have said. So, in light of this, we need to look at what goes on at the end of Mesechus There he enumerates at great length the dinner that have to do with the bringing of a bomber. Bringing a carbon on a bomb on, a, on an altar outside of the temple. And he brings there, by coming to Yerushalayim, once done so, it was also to have any bombers, and it was never happened again. Why then, if this is something that could not happen again, does the Gemara go on to tell us so much about it? Uh, But what's the actual fact here? The capacity of bringing a carbon on a bomber fact they were able to bring this in these days if a prophet comes and says to do so (laughs) 
when the prophet comes and tells you to do so, you're allowed to do it like Eliyahu did in Harakarmo. So therefore we need to know how to do it. Because in case the Navi is going to tell us about it. However, the Chazal say, when the prophets died, the Nevi'im Achrenim, Chagai Zechariah Malachi, Ruach HaKedish left Klal Yisrael, and therefore we see there can't be Nevu'ah nowadays, and this cannot come about. We found though, several times, in the words of Chazal, that there was Ruach HaKedish found on other Nevi'im. Also the Rambam Hilchas and Nevuah writes there's no boundary on prophecy. No error. It has to only then be prophecy. Ruach HaKedish. Therefore we can't explain the Divri Chazal and start to Ruach HaKedish Mishra. It's not as common practice as it was but it doesn't mean that there was none at all and they don't say botla iposka it says nostalgia it left us and therefore it's at a different level not the way it used to be but there are neviim in today's generation there are people that have ruach hakedish in today's generation so therefore the maila the, the plus of bringing the Beis Hamikdash, rather than bringing on a bomber, is when they brought a carbon the Beis Hamikdash. The kedusha spread also on a place in a physical place where the mizbeach was, and this we have today's day as well. The kedusha of the Beis Knesses and the Beis Hamikdash, which they considered a mikdash ma'at, a small temple. And everyone, each and every one of them has to have, be treated with his utmost sanctity. As he does in the Besaknesis. And that's in order to add Kedusha on the actual Kedusha which already exists there. And therefore, by doing so, we are showing the Almighty, we are ready, we are prepared to offer and to have Kiddusha in our holy temple, to have our temple back. And may it be taken this very Shabbos that we find ourselves back in Yerushalayim, Irakadish, in the Beis Amigdash Ashlishi. And we will see the Shaitim, the Shaitim, Titim, Lecha, the judges that will be given to you and will take upon ourselves the judges. And we will hear from the ultimate judge, from Mashiach, Tzidkenu, the King, Melech HaMashiach, in Yerushalayim, Merakedesh, Shabbat, Shalom to all.